Episode four of the New England Sports Media Podcast coming at you right now with Sean McFarland, high school sports reporter and other things reporter for the Hartford Current, at least over the past few months. Uh, Sean is a Springfield College alum. You've been with the Current for a couple of years now. Is that right? And uh, yeah, two years. Yeah, and uh, Massachusetts guy. So, so New England through and through. Sean, thanks for joining us. Yeah, man. Thanks for having us. All right. Whatever. Awesome. <laughs> no, yeah, it's early. It's early. It's early this morning. Um, all right. So biggest thing I think that you've been on top of is the high school sports, right? The CIAC mm-hmm. in Connecticut oh, yeah. and everything going on. Um, not so much like what actually like the news is because it's not really what this is about, but take us through how you have you been, how you've been reporting on that and how you've been going about um, getting sources, writing stories and sort of, taking the approach that you have throughout the last, I guess, probably a few months, right? Yeah, it's really heated up the past three weeks, I think. But, I mean, it's been a story since, I guess, March, since they originally canceled the winter season. It's been kind of reoccurring since then. But, yeah, I mean, it's been a combination of, you know, relationships I've built over the past two years as far as coaches and administrators, players, you know, executives at the CIC, and a combination of, you know, completely new people I never thought I'd have to talk to from state officials to people, the governor's office, the mayor's office, the state department of health. Um, it's been really interesting to see kind of how, you know, it feels like two worlds have collided as far as being a, a high school sports reporter and, you know, having your go-to coaches and, you know, the director of the CIC people I'm used to talking to, you know, on a weekly basis year round to, you know, suddenly building connections with, you know, spokespeople for the Department of Health and, you know, the governor's spokesperson kind of suddenly you're talking to them every day. So, you know, it, it still comes back to, you know, the same way I build relationships with coaches and players when there's normal sports going on as far as, you know, keeping that strong relationship with, you know, these people in offices in the state that are making these decisions and talking with them every day. And, you know, it, again, it just kind of comes back to that same you know, journalistic, I don't know what the word for it is, but just mindset of, of build those relationships and, you know, eventually you're going to get something good out of it. But it, it's been really interesting. I mean, the whole thing started three weeks ago, really, I guess it's this new chapter of it um, when the football committee voted to move football this spring. And that all started with a, a phone call from a one of my closest high school football coaches. And that kind of launched this whole thing off. So that whole week was a lot of, you know, coaches that I've built up relationships with for two years kind of calling me and saying, hey, this is happening. This is what they're doing. This is how it's going to look. Um, and then you kind of add in those new layers of talking with state officials. Um, so, so, so it's been really interesting from, from a journalism standpoint, kind of seeing how two worlds have kind of meshed. But it's, it's, been, it's been tiring. It's been frustrating at times, but it has been a it's been a fun three weeks kind of chasing this stuff down because um, obviously it's something a lot of people care about. And I mean, it's truly every day something different is happening. So it definitely keeps you on the toes and you just got to be ready for whatever else it's going to throw at you every day. And in terms of access too, do you find people in the department of health, is it different working with them than working with an athletic director or a player or coach? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think for a few reasons, too. I mean, a player, coach, athletic director, whoever it is, you know, they know me. They usually have – it's usually positive stories I'm telling, too, for them. So they're historically more willing to open up and tell me things that maybe they shouldn't say or 
whatever it is, um, because I built that relationship. Whereas the DPH is, they don't know me and, and they just operate differently from an athletic department. You know I mean? I haven't even, I've been going through their spokesperson and he's been really helpful, but it's, it's so different from calling up a coach or an athletic director and them just telling you everything. You're kind of just working piece by piece and every day scratching out a little more to get a little more out of them. Um, and same thing with the, the, you know, the governor's office too. It's, they just operate completely differently than, you know, say a coach would who they know you, they know what you do year round. They know the work you put in. So they're willing to help you more. Whereas the department of health doesn't really know you. They don't, you know, and, and honestly for them right now, they're incredibly busy too. You know I mean? High school sports are important. It's a big story right now, but there's still a pandemic going on elsewhere. So they got a million other things in their plate too. So it's, you know, I'm sure I'm one of 20 reporters that reaches out to them every day looking for something. So it's, it's a completely different relationship, but you know, I think the, the process to get there is still the same. And I, I said at the beginning, you know, you're a sports reporter, but also other things reporter, um, you know, you were kind of covering everything uh, when the pandemic first hit. I remember you did the story of the barbershops. You yep. uh, oftentimes you covered a bunch of protests. Um, you did other news related things. Um, were, did you feel like that, did that just kind of happen all of a sudden? Was there a warning, I guess? And uh, how did you, how, how were you able to kind of, I guess, shift your mindset or shift your ability to, to be able to cover things that you probably hadn't done before? Yeah, it, there really was no warning. I mean, I'm trying to think. So sports ended on March 11th, which was a Tuesday. And I think the next Tuesday I got a call from my editor, Dan Brecklin, who recently left the car and he said, hey, you're on news now just hang oh, i didn't tight. know that oh yeah it was literally he hired me for when i was supposed to intern <laughs> yeah yeah he's uh he left for hearst he's gonna run sports over there for them now so that's okay. all the papers down south connecticut um right right but um so yeah I mean, a week after sports were canceled he called me and said hey you're on news hang tight we're gonna find something for you um and i had no idea what i was gonna be doing i figured out all right i'll just be an extra body that's kind of just you know you know, filling out some loose ends and then picking up what other people can't. And, you know, next thing you know, I'm on the lead unemployment writer in the middle of, you know, the state and the country's biggest unemployment crisis since the Great Depression. And you're covering that. And it's it was a whole new world for me. I mean, completely different from anything I've ever seen in sports. And I definitely give a lot of credit to Dan. because I told them from the start, I was like, listen, I'll do whatever you want me to do but I have no clue what I'm doing. Like, I'm just going to be upfront about it. I have no idea how to go about this. I have no idea who to call. I have no idea, you know, writing stories is the easy part, but even then it's still writing something completely different. It's not a game story. It's not a feature. It's just hard breaking news reporting about unemployment and the economy and in small businesses and PPP loans and just things that, you know, you couldn't even wrap your head around in sports. Um, you know, so it was a good experience for, for I think three months from March to really early July, I was, I was doing that news. Um, it was a good experience as a journalist to, to experience something else. Um, you know, again, it's, it's still the same thing. It's still the same, you know, premise as being a sports journalist. It's reporting what you know and building those connections. Cause you know, by the end of it, I had connections with the state, with the department of economic and community development with the DPH, just, you know, these organizations that you never even touch in sports. And obviously, um, covering the protests was, was a great experience for that week when I was at three or four of them. Um, cause it, it is nice, you know, you, 
you do get into these cycles of, of just covering sports and going to games and doing features. And, you know, there is that breaking news angle to it at times, but a lot of times it's, you are covering, you know, a lot of happier things, a lot of, you know, and you kind of get into that zone where you know how to write a game story, you know how to approach these things. Like you kind of you know, know what you're covering, right? Like there's more of an element right, of unpredictability. Exactly. Like for me in my job, like I just obviously took a job doing like just pretty much right. news, like no sports. And there's so much more unpredictability. And honestly, I think that like, I don't know. And I'm, this is a question back to throw back to you. Like how much did you learn over the past three or four months, maybe compared to even like, I feel like in the past three weeks I've learned just as much right. as I learned in like four years of college, honestly. Right. No, absolutely. And it's the same for me. And it's, it's, it was fun because it really felt like it was just like the first day of school for me going into a, a whole new world of reporting and it's completely different. And, you know, it's definitely, I think daunting at first, especially going into this, having no idea what to do. I mean, like you said, you know, you cover sports for so long, there almost isn't that challenge there anymore to an extent, you know, there still are challenging aspects, but you know what to expect every day as a sports reporter. Whereas going into this, I was like, I have no idea what to expect. You know, it's all new people I have to call, all new stories I have to write, you know, and, and it was fun as a journalist to kind of have that challenge um, in the middle yeah. of a global pandemic. Um, so, so I appreciate them giving me that opportunity to do that because it did help me grow as a reporter. It helped me as a better breaking news writer, as a better straight news writer, as a better just, you know, the stuff that you would never experience in sports. And hopefully as sports kind of return and, we get back to that normalcy, I can see what I learned in those three months ideally benefit me as a sports reporter too. When you're covering a, a protest, right? Like you get to the protest, you got everything going on. And what's your plan? Who are you trying to talk to? What's it like? Yeah. That's a good question. It, it was tough the first time. The first one was in New Haven. And, you know, obviously a lot of the protests are kind of moving throughout the city. And I drive down to New Haven and I, it was about an hour before that, that my editor called me and said, Hey, can you go to New Haven and just, get to the protests and do something. And I was like, okay, well, I have no idea what that means or what I have to do with that. So I drive down there and I park kind of in the middle of the city. And I'm honestly, it's, you know, day in June, it's like 85 degrees out. And I'm literally running around the city of New Haven trying to find this protest because I'm, they were on the highway at one point and they're marching in the police department. And I'm like, where are they? Where am I? I don't even know New Haven that well. So I'm like scrambling around and you finally find them and it's just sort of, and, and for me, it was easier on that day because we had another reporter there writing the story and I was mostly doing video and photos in social media stuff. So that was an easy one for me, honestly. But then later that week, I went to one in Danbury, which was much bigger. It was, um, you know, they marched from the library to the police department. There were probably a thousand people at least, you know, we wound up on the highway and, and for a lot of it, it's just kind of sit back, you know, don't, don't make yourself too much of it, you know, shoot some photos, get some video, do some tweeting, take some notes, you know, all the general stuff. And for me, it was like identifying who are the people really pushing the pace in this protest? Who are the ones speaking? Who are the ones kind of organizing everything? Once I found, you know, the two or three guys who are really in charge of it, I was able to pull them aside. Once we got to the highway, actually, I never thought I would do an interview on, on 84 West, but there I was in the middle of the highway interviewing someone. Um, I was able to talk with him a little bit and, and, you know, and the thing I think with covering protests is, you know, the reason why, you know, they're all out there protesting was they wanted their voices heard. They wanted to express their opinion. They wanted their message to come across. So I think people were pretty willing to talk to a news reporter because, you know, as our job as journalists, it's to give voices to the voiceless. I know that's like a cliche phrase, but, you know, part of our job is to give that voice to people and, 
you know, if, if you're willing to hear them out and listen to them and, and let them get their voice across through your story, you know, they're just going to be so much more open just to talking with you and telling you why they're out there, you know, what they want to see. Um, so, so once you identify who wants to talk, it was really easy from then on out. So now that sports are kind of coming back in some ways, are you still in the back of your mind, like looking for some of these other non-sports stories or, or do you, do you plan on ever pitching anything or, 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 or even just volunteering to be, you know, the pinch hitter for something if yeah. someone else is on vacation or whatever? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was a good experience. It's definitely, it made me for a while. I was like, maybe I want to do this full time. Like maybe this is what I want to do. And then sports kind of came back and I was like, no, this is what I want to do. Like, I know I want to do sports. Um, and right now it's just so busy with the CIC stuff that I haven't been able to think about honestly anything else other than it, mm-hmm. like not even just work related, but just life related. It's just been so busy, but, um, you know, because we're a little understaffed right now, I've been helping out with the breaking news shifts. So on Sunday I was working the breaking news shift and I wrote about a tornado, uh, a kidnapping and a COVID case at Trinity college all in one day. And it was like, okay, like, Four months ago, I don't think I could have done that just because, again, it's like, how do I write about a kidnapping off of a press release from a police department? You know, that was, wasn't something I could have ever envisioned doing four months ago. But because I had that experience of at least doing some sort of breaking news, some sort of general statewide news, um, it was possible. It's, it's interesting. It's again, it's a completely different world of journalism than sports reporting. Um, and I think, Honestly, everyone who wants to be a sports reporter should try a little bit of breaking news or hard news or statewide politics, crime news, whatever. I remember, I think when I was a sophomore, junior in college, uh, Dan Wetzel, who's a national columnist for Yahoo Sports, he talked to our class and he kind of said the best thing he ever did as a journalist was he covered, um, he was on the police beat in Chicago for a while and he said that's that helped me along as a journalist more than anything else. Um, and I can definitely see, I know only did it for, th- you know, three months and change, but I can see how covering events like that, covering stories like that can definitely progress you forward as a journalist. Before you were covering these stories, like were you still interested in these types of things or do you think having this coverage has made you more interested in like the world around you and what's going on? It's definitely made me more interested. Um, you know, it was something, you know, in your head, I'm like, I'm a sports reporter. This is what I'm always going to be. This is what I'll always do. And I've always had an interest, you know, in social justice, in, you know, political news and all that. And it was always like, how can I work this into my sports reporting? It wasn't necessarily how can I deviate to a different fact. But I mean, that definitely, I think, opened my, my eyes up to a different kind of field of journalism. Um, and it was something that, you know, four months ago, if they said, hey, you're going to be a, you know, a, a cops reporter now I'd be like I don't want to do that I don't know how to do that why would I want to do that whereas now if that opportunity was presented I don't know if I would still opt to take it but I would feel comfortable doing it and I think I could you know find my way into making it work and you know being a you know a voice for the voiceless again and hopefully uh you know doing a good job at it so um it was definitely a good experience to kind of o- open my eyes to what else is out there because you know from 2013 to now I've just been sports reporter, sports reporter, sports reporter, a little bit when I was editor-in-chief of my student paper, doing some more like campus news. But again, it was still the sports mindset. And it was nice to kind of step back from that and then see what other journalism was like in this world, I guess. And I want to ask too about that week. You mentioned March 11th is when all the sports shut down. And then you heard a week after that, that you were going to be shifting to news. 
Yeah. I feel like for a lot of sports reporters, especially local sports reporters, that was a, kind of a tough week. Like, what was that like for you and what uncertainties were there? Yeah, it was brutal, man, because it, it all came so quick. Um, I mean, I think Tuesday they announced it was over. Wednesday I covered a protest. And then Thursday I was, you know, at home for four straight months, you know, starting that day. And it was kind of just like it was one of those things where it was developing so quickly. And I think a lot of us at the time, you know, we didn't know how long – this pandemic would last you know we were like if this is if this lasts two weeks we're fine spring sports are coming back you know we have a two-week break kind of and then we're back to doing what we want to do um but you know it it was one of those things where I was so happy they gave me that opportunity to cover news because even if you know you know god forbid I was furloughed or, or let go or whatever it was because there are no sports that would be awful but but equally as worse would have just been sitting around trying to find the most minuscule sports stories I could just to get something in the paper. Um, I'm not someone who enjoys sitting around doing nothing. I want to be working. I want to be busy. I'd rather work 50 hours a week than 10 hours a week. That's just kind of how I'm wired. So, um, you know, the idea of potentially sitting around my apartment, you know, scrapping for two or three sports stories a week just sounded awful to me. Um, So I was happy that I even had the opportunity just to do something because because like you said, there was so much uncertainty um, for a lot of sports reporters at the time. Like, are our jobs safe? You know, are we going to, when our sports coming back, you know, they're paused right now. They could be back in a month or it could be like it is now where, you know, for us, I mean, for me, I, I've covered, I think, one live sporting event since March. It was the Travelers Championship in, in June. Um, so there was so much uncertainty and there still is. You know, we're not out of this yet. I think it's important to remember, you know, especially with my job, like, we could see high school sports in a month or we could not. And, you know, who knows what impact that has on me or what I'm doing or, you know, my job status, but I guess you can only kind of focus on what's in front of you right now and take it day by day. And I'm kind of fascinated by like the golf coverage. How was covering the travelers? What was that experience like without fans? Yeah, it was weird. I mean, it was my third year covering it in the first two years. um, You know, there's, fans everywhere it's sort of like a connected media get together because every paper covered every tv station covers it and there's usually in the press room usually like you know 50 to 60 reporters in their national local you know we would send usually seven reporters per day to it photographers included and this year you know no fans only two local media outlets were allowed to cover it it was myself from for the current and um hearst which is the new haven register the connected post all of them and it was just so different. I mean, it got to the point where I was like, I don't even have to be here because all the interviews were through Zoom. You never got to talk to the golfer face-to-face. Um, you would submit your questions, you know, in the Zoom chat and uh, the PR person would ask them. And most of the time, you were just kind of sitting in the press room watching golf on TV. You know, it was different this year because we had a lot of, you know, coronavirus breaking news to cover at the tournament as far as guys getting it um there was a fear at one point the tournament would get canceled so it kept us busy but you know after that you're sort of just sitting there looking at the scoreboard waiting for guys to finish up you know I walked the course once or twice followed some guys around but it was so different from anything else I've ever covered just because you know not only were there no fans there but you know what you're so used to as a journalist was was gone you know the hardest part of travelers is all these golfers start rolling in at once off the round and you're like scrambling back and forth to the interview area, back to the press room, back to the interview area, like running around just trying to like track guys down. And without that, you're sort of just sitting there like, okay, like it was a lot easier, honestly, but it was, it was such a, it was so weird. It was just so 
bizarre and not something I ever thought I'd have to cover like that. So if high school sports do get off the ground and do do play, um, how do you anticipate like just the coverage experience to be different or the same? Or like, what do you anticipate it to look like? Yeah, I'm interested in that. That's a great question. Um, you know, I think right now we're looking at no fans, which is really strange. Um, I think my favorite thing about covering high school sports is, you know, a, a big a big fan crowd, a, you know, great atmosphere, it's loud, people are yelling, you know, it's fun. I think without fans, it's gonna be it's gonna feel like a scrimmage every single game, which I don't know. There's not that same life and energy in it. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing for me is is it's gonna just feel so different going to each game in empty bleachers, empty stadiums, whatever it is. Um, and then as far as like, I have no idea. You know, I like to stand on the sideline. I like to be close to the action as far as football, as basketball. I want to be under the basket. I want to be as close to the action as I can be. And I have no idea if they're going to let me do that in the era of COVID. Um, and that's something that I guess we'll find out in a month or so when sports are supposed to come back. Um, yeah, I have no idea what my access looks like. I have no idea how the interview process will go. Um, I don't know if it's going to be like CIC mandated or school by school mandated. Um, but there's just so much unknowns as far as, you know, one, if we'll even have high school sports and two, like how, how do I do my job if, everything's going to be different. Um, so I, I'm really interested to see kind of how things are handled. Um, you know, it's just going to be so, it's going to be so different. You know, I think everything is, but I think, you know, one of the things, one of the smartest or best pieces of advice I've gotten um, through this whole thing was actually from a doctor from Yale when I was doing a story on the safety of false sports and if we can even have false sports. And he said, you know, I think we as a population have to kind of, uh, temper our expectations for the rest of this year. And I think that's kind of how I'm looking at everything. It's if we can cover fall sports, great, but I can't be upset if I can't do everything I don't want to do, you know, let's just take what we're given and kind of roll with it. Um, That's sort of how I think everyone in any field has to look at the rest of this year, but definitely people in the sports field uh, more so than others. Yeah, I definitely, uh, I definitely understand that. Um, Yeah. The, now, looking looking for stories uh, in high schools, sports, if they happen, do you think do you anticipate there will be a lot of sort of social justice angle type stories um, for high school student athletes uh, across Connecticut? I hope so. Um, I really do hope so. You know, the kids in this state, they're incredibly bright kids. They they they're not afraid to say what they're feeling, um, and I think they know how to use their platform for to get their message across. You know, we've seen it a few times. You know, they've held multiple protests at the CIC office for playing fall sports. So I hope that if it's something they're passionate about, um, they feel comfortable enough to speak out on it or comfortable enough to come to myself or another reporter and say, hey, you know, we want to do this. We want to talk to you about this. Um, you know, again, it, I think for a lot of these high schoolers right now, they're in this weird kind of roller coaster right now of are we playing, are we not playing? And maybe that might be, kind of on the front of their mind right now. So, you know, we'll see what it looks like once we get a firm answer on sports. But, you know, I hope there is. I, I hope the, the players in the state feel comfortable enough to express their beliefs, express their opinions, and kind of, kind of stand up for what they think is right and, and, and fight for that cause. Um, and if they do, you know, I know myself and I'm sure other reporters are going to be there to help document them. And, you know, like I said, uh, give them a voice.
So I want to ask you about, I know that one event that I, the, probably the only time I've ever actually seen you in person was at Hoopal. Um, I know that that's an event you have loved to cover and have had yep, done sure. a ton of times. Um, why is that event so special to you and, and why do you love to cover it so much? Yeah, it's, it's so much fun, man. And for a few reasons, one, it's, it's at my college, you know, that's my home arena. That's, you know, where I had a lot of good experiences as a fan and as a reporter in college. So to always go back there and kind of feel like, you know, that there's, there's that added comfort of being in, you know, Blake arena a place. I'm so comfortable with being back on my campus, seeing a lot of people I'm used to seeing, you know, seeing, you know, the Springfield college student journalists working. That's always a good feeling. I mean, you know, the basketball is just so good there. I mean, you're seeing, I mean, I can count since I first went there as a senior in high school, I've seen, you know, Julie Lokerfer, Ben Simmons, uh, Jason Tatum, Lonzo Ball. I mean, Zion Williamson, just so many. It's so cool to see these guys and cover these guys before they're really anybody. I mean, sure, people, you know, a lot of people know who these guys are when they're in high school, but they're not that megastar that they are yet. And it's so cool to watch them play with their high school team in this small division three core, it's just a really cool atmosphere and it gets so packed. I mean, I mean, this year it was when Bronny James and Tierra Canyon played. I mean, I've never seen Blake Karina that packed before and so loud and so captivated by one thing. It's just such a cool experience to be a part of. Um, and just having that access to, you know, these players, these coaches and be able to help tell these stories, you know, in that atmosphere. It, it's so special. It's something that, you know, hopefully I'm finding a way to cover every single year. I told my editor when I first got here, I'm like, I don't know how, but I'm covering Hoopal for you guys this year. I'm going to, I'm going to find an angle. I'm going to find a story here because I want to be there every single year because it is so much fun. So obviously that it's, it's a great experience. I went for the first time and covered it this past year for the Louisville Courier Journal. Uh, it's like yeah. covering all the Kentucky guys. Um, and I know you had done some similar freelance work at those <laughs> events, but something that I noticed and I think is interesting is, is at that event, there's kind of a couple different types of like print media people. There's kind of like the, the recruiting reporters and there's kind of yep. like the more like featurey reporters, like, I guess like you and I in that sort yeah. of sense. Um, do you ever, have you ever considered wanting to be one of those like recruiting reporter guys, especially covering high school sports? Yeah, it is something I've considered. Um, I, you know, the only reason why I don't think I've, you know, fully dove into that field is like you kind of lose a little bit of that ability to tell stories and tell features and, and you really, you know, be that guy who's sharing these great stories with people. Um, and that's something I never want to lose. Um you know, it is a, a really cool job that you're traveling all these tournaments and you're getting to know these kids and you're talking with coaches and, you know, probably college coaches and scouts too. And, and it's such a service that people love I me. Mean, people go nuts for recruiting and, and prospects and all that. I mean, we know that. Um, and then that's a cool field to be in. But if I can't, you know, tell these stories and really, you know, be giving a voice to some of these kids and, and showing – what they're doing more so than just saying, Hey, they're a four-star recruit. Here's some highlights. You know, that's not something I don't think I could handle. Cause I, 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 I got into this field to tell stories. I got in this field to tell people stories. I got in this field to, you know, show the general population what is going on in their own backyard uh, through sports. And I think if I was constrained to just recruiting reporting, it would be a little different for me. Um, but even still, it's such a fascinating field and people just eat it up. And it, it is, it does look fun, honestly. Um, you know, you're getting to know these kids and, you know, you're just kind of following them around and watching them grow. But 
without the storytelling aspect, I'm not sure it's something I could do. Yeah. I mean, I kind of agree with that perspective. Like I think a lot of times I look at like when like doing the globe stuff, uh, a lot really? of those kids aren't like big time recruits and kind of being able to be the person that does that story that goes on like their parents refrigerator for the rest of their lives. Honestly, right. is something that I think is cooler than like breaking some random four-star kids going to like Texas tech or something. I don't right. know. I think, I think that like, I think, that the recruiting stuff's cool. Like I enjoy doing it every once in a while. Like I randomly right, yeah, DM someone, where are you going? But whatever. But like, I think I agree with that. Stuff. Like it's, it's fun. Yeah. Go ahead, Liam. Well, yeah, yeah. I was just saying like, like with that, I mean, you get the, the social media responses. It's always oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I agree. I do think that the the a lot of times the kids who are aren't even gonna play in college, you do that like one feature on them. Like I think that's I think that's more fun in, in a lot of ways, and and shows a lot more value to like the families and and, and the parents and the, the the friends and stuff like that. Oh yeah, I mean I mean I still have parents and players who still whenever I see them, they're so thankful for some story that I don't even remember doing, you know what I mean? It, it just, you know, the littlest thing to you as a reporter might mean the world to someone's, you know, mom, dad, family, community, friends, whatever it is, you know, I mean, that type of stuff goes so long with that individual community of people. Um, and, and that's a feeling that, you know, you just can't replace anywhere else is that feeling of being a community journalist. That's, that's really making an impact in, in your own backyard. And, and, you know, these kids don't forget it. The families don't forget it. And that's a feeling that, you know, anytime I get an email from a parent, mom, dad, grandfather, whatever, saying, hey, thanks so much for this. We loved it. Can I get a copy of the story? I mean, that's better than any social media reaction to breaking or recruiting news in my eyes, you know, and, and there's value to both of those. But for me personally, you know, being able to tell people's stories and have it mean so much to them, that's that's the best feeling in the world as a journalist. And when you were covering hoop ball for Springfield College too, what was that like? Because you guys do a, a production for that event, right, as students? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So actually, when I was there, um, we really didn't. Um, I'll give credit to, to really, you know, the recent wave of graduates: um, Gabby Gerard, Gage Nutter, Vin Gallo, Danny Priest, and Jack Magaros are still there. You know, they did an incredible job of using the Springfield student to cover. Um, hoop ball. That wasn't something we really did when I was there. Um, you know, when I, when I got into college, the Springfield student really wasn't what it is now in terms of covering everything on campus and covering sports. And I kind of used my position there to say, okay, like, how can I find, you know, a paper, an outlet in this country that will let me cover hoop ball as opposed to saying, okay, how can I use the Springfield student to cover hoop ball? So I give a lot of credit to you know, the people there now who've kind of taken the initiative to say, okay, we have this, we have an outlet on this campus. Let's make it work for us. Let's, let's really use this as a vehicle to cover hoop ball. And that's an experience that's, you know, as good as any internship, I think. Um, so, so, so definitely a lot of credit to them because when I was there, I was like, okay, you know, let me talk to USA today. Let me talk to mass live. Let me cover it for, for someone else. Whereas they said, okay, let's use what we have here already and let's cover it. That's resourceful. And that's going to help you really grow and learn as a journalist, having that opportunity again in your own backyard. Absolutely. Some, some wise words there from the Sean McFarland. I, when, when you walked in there, it was like, it was like, you know, it was people got just as excited. And when LeBron walked in there as they did with you pretty much, <laughs> at least the Springfield college yeah. kids. Um, right. It's a small campus. It's a small campus. <laughs> for sure. Well, we appreciate it. Uh, we enjoyed talking to you. Good perspective. And uh, thanks so much for joining us. Great. Thanks for having me, guys. It was a lot of fun.